This evening we will be in Genesis chapter 50. And so this is the end of of Jacob's life. The the sermon title is A Preserved Life. Uh, We all have a preserved life in Christ. A life that is set aside. A a life that is is canned up. You know, we we use that word preserved when we talk about preserving things. Maybe it's vegetables or, or fruits. You preserve it. You know, what does that mean? You put it up. It's, it's in a safe place. It's taken care of. It's set aside. And so this evening, we're going to be talking about Joseph, a man in Scripture who had a preserved life. God certainly preserved the life of Joseph. Joseph uh, is, is an awesome story, a, a real story of a man. Well, he starts off as a young boy when we first hear about Joseph. Uh, The teenagers will be going through a study of the life of Joseph uh, this coming fall. And so this is just uh, for me to kind of get some of it out and see how it's going to go. Maybe some things will float around in my head while I'm up here preaching this to you all. But a preserved life, Genesis chapter 50, verse 15 through 21. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us. And may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, Before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin. For they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept. When they spoke to him, then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for for am I in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day. To save many people alive. Now therefore do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father. We pray that you would bless your word and and bless it as we we dive into it. I pray that you would uh, be with us. As we look at, at Joseph. Lord be with us as we as we look at your holy word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, remind us of your goodness towards us. Lord, your grace for us. Lord, let us live in you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Most of us are familiar with the story of Joseph. Joseph had the coat of many colors. He did. He was the very colored tunic uh, is how scripture reads. He had this, this coat of many colors that his father had given to him because he was the favorite of his father. Does any, is anybody in this room their daddy's favorite? Nobody's going to because they might, you know, nobody's going to raise their hand because that's like a well-kept secret, right? Yes, you know, maybe you are daddy's favorite. Uh, there's some kids over here who are like, that's me. Right, But if you are your parents' favorite, and I use that term loosely, your other siblings most likely were a little jealous of you. They might have held that against you like, oh, you're just daddy's favorite. 
Right? You can get away with anything. You can do, uh, do anything. And so this was Joseph. Joseph was his daddy's favorite. And we know the story. His other brothers, they held it against him. They despised Joseph. They maybe even hated Joseph. But they were certainly jealous of Joseph. Do you remember being a child and, and you would receive that present? Or maybe for the parents in the room, you, you got that one special present for one of your kids? And how did the other children respond? They most likely were not happy. They most likely were upset. They were jealous because of the present that that one child was given or maybe you were given. That jealousy was in their heart. And they didn't want you to have it because they couldn't have it. And sometimes we have uh, jealousy in our hearts, and I hope that as we go through this passage tonight that, that maybe uh, you would examine yourself as I examine myself also, and, and maybe we do have some, some jealousy in us, but we know just from the story of Joseph that jealousy is not good, because we see where jealousy leads. But these brothers of Joseph were jealous, and then maybe they wished that he would just disappear. You know, maybe they thought, I wish that little guy would just get somewhere, get lost. Well, they took matters into their own hands. They said, well, he's not getting lost. The bear and the lion hadn't got him yet. He's, you know, been out there with the sheep. We've just been waiting for him to disappear and not come back. Hey, look, there he is. Let's take care of it. And so the story unfolds where they get rid of their, their brother. And so, but the opposite of this is, remember, think about Joseph. Think about Joseph and, and how all his brothers were jealous towards him. And I don't think Joseph had this pridefulness about him. Yes, he went and he bragged about his dreams. And, uh, you know, and he said, hey, guys, you're going to be bowing down before me, which was the truth. He was saying exactly what God had told him. He, I don't think he was saying in a prideful way. Uh, may, there could have been, but I don't think he was. He was just telling them the truth of what God had told him. Joseph having all these brothers that were jealous of him. The very jealous of the very thing that he had, which was his father's favoritism. It wasn't the code, it wasn't uh, you know, because it was many colored. Yes, that signified that he was his father's favorite, but it was the that he himself was the favorite of his father. And his father treated him differently. It's in Genesis 50, 15, we're going to read this again. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brother's. And so this is a word from Jacob. I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin. For they did evil to you. So there is the recognition of sin by the brothers to Joseph. They knew what they did was wrong. And they are in this moment where they know that things can go sideways real quick for them. Because their father Jacob has just passed away. And Joseph... 
The one who had received the very colored tunic. The one who the father would have most likely put into the charge of the family if he would have stayed around. But he got sent to Egypt. He was now a ruler in Egypt. He was a very powerful man. He, when he snapped his fingers, Joseph could have had anything he wanted. He had that much power. God had placed him in that position. And so now he has his brothers here. And the, the uh, prophecy has came to fruition. The dream has came true. His brothers have bowed down in front of him. And here they are again bowing down in front of him. And they're saying, you know, Joseph... Have mercy on us. They're scared. Now please forgive the trespass of your servants. Of the God of your father. And so not only did they bring their daddy into this. They brought God into this. <laughs> uh, they did. Please forgive the trespass of, the, uh, of your dad. And the God of your father. The brothers of Joseph had this uh-oh moment. Like they were in Egypt for a while and everything was good and everything was going good. They were eating. Their families were being taken care of. But their dad dies. And they are struck with fear. They are struck with a deep fear that their brother will now seek his revenge. That maybe he had been putting it off for some time. The first point we'll get to tonight is we'll have three, and all of, all of them will begin with an F. And so if you just want to take three Fs, and then we'll fill them in here in just a little bit. We're going to fill this one in right now. Their brothers were fearful because they remembered their failures. That's the first point. That's two Fs, but that's the first point. The brothers were fearful because they remembered their failures. How often are we fearful because we remember our failures? We start to think back about our failures and we become fearful. Maybe we, we, we are ashamed because of those things that we did or, or those things that we said. And this was certainly Joseph's brothers. They were fearful because of their failures in this moment. Genesis 37, 18 says, Now when they saw him afar off, we're time traveling, okay, we're going back. Even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, the, look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him, to some, cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. And so we see some... Hatred there amongst uh, Joseph's brothers whenever we know that, that Joseph was sent to go and check on his brothers. And so he is coming and from afar off his brothers see him. And he hasn't disappeared yet. And so that this is where they take matters into their old hands. They said, here comes the dreamer. They're making fun of Joseph. They, so they're being mean to him. This was the lifestyle for Joseph. This is what Joseph grew up in. He had all these older siblings, brothers who made fun of him, who picked at him, uh, you know, who, who were always nagging at him and said, here comes the dreamer. And then they say, we shall see what will become of this dreamer, of, the, of his dreams. And so they're plotting to kill Joseph. And in verse 21 of Genesis 37, it says, but when Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, 
shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. And so Reuben had some sense about him. He knew that, hey, this isn't going to be good for our family. This isn't going to be good for my dad. This isn't going to be good for Joseph. And so Reuben had said in his heart that he was going to go back and get Joseph. But Reuben wasn't around uh, whenever they threw Joseph into the pit and the slave traders came. So Reuben went back and and Joseph wasn't there. And he was deeply saddened because he knew that that was going to be on his head. Something had happened to his little brother. Reuben actually wanted to save Joseph. We know that they uh, stripped off his coat of many colors. And they tore it into pieces and they cast him into the pit. You know, what do you do after you beat your little brother up? You go and get a snack, right? And so... <laughs> Uh, that's what they did. They went, they sat down, they got something to eat. You know, he's in the, in the well that's dry. I you know he's going to die. He's going to you know, sit there and die. That's their plan. They're hungry. They're eating now. And they saw this caravan of Ishmaelites. And they sold him to the caravan of Ishmaelites for 20 shekels, uh, which would have been about the average price of a slave at this time. And so, you know, they didn't put a high price on his head. They could have. They said, you know, hey, this is the favored son of our father. Uh, we'll sell him to you for 50 shekels. They didn't do that. They just sold him for, just like, treated him like he was a regular old slave. The same amount of money. To cover up their lie, they took the tunic of Joseph. And they killed a, a kid of the goats. And dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, we have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And so we see the, the lies, just the lies upon lies upon lies. Uh, you know, something that we, we teach our children is that if you lie, you're going to have to lie again because you're going to have to cover up that lie. And so this is where they're at. They're, they're lying and lying and lying and they're deceitful and they're mean and they're being angry and they're being jealous. And this is all came to fruition here. So they brought this bloody tunic, this bloody coat of many colors before their father. And they said, Dad, do you, do you know whose this is? Do you know whether this is your son's tunic or not? And of course, Jacob recognized it in verse 33 there. He said, it is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn in pieces. Jason, Jacob's heart was broken in this moment. His son, which I can imagine he would have been, his heart would have been broken for any of his sons, but it was his favorite son, the son that, that he had chosen, that he had placed his favor upon. Later on in, in Scripture, it says that the, the heart of Jacob was revived when he heard about Joseph being alive. I was going to preach that, Brother Rich, but I, I couldn't stray, so I was going to have to cover that another time. But the heart, uh, the, the spirit is the word that's used. The spirit, and I was ta not talking about his spirit uh, as in a spiritual sense, but his spirit as in a physical sense. He was physically dead, is how the scripture says it. He says, I wish my soul could just go down and, and sheol to death. 
But when he hears about Joseph being alive, his spirit is revived. He's brought back to life. A smile's on his face once again. His heart was broken. And so now he would have to live for many years thinking that his son is no longer. That his son is dead and he was just a memory. The brothers of Joseph had all the reason to be fearful of Joseph while they, after their father had passed away. They had all the reason to be. They had treated their brother terribly. They had treated their brother like he was just a nobody, a piece of trash. They had treated him unfairly, unkindly, ungodly. And now they stand before their brother who is somebody important. They stand before their brother who, who God has placed in a powerful position. They remembered their jealousy. They remember how they acted towards their brother. You know, I think we can all remember maybe a time that we were picking on our little brother. For me, I was uh, just a kid and... I have a, there's four of us boys, but the one right under me, Noah, he's two years younger than me, and so we're close in age, but I, I was a little mischievous, but I, I could get away with things. My other brothers, they would just do something and get in trouble right then, because they couldn't hide it. But I was squirting Noah with a water hose, and he kept telling me to stop it, so I kept squirting him, and he was getting mad at this point, and I was putting my thumb in the nozzle, and it was just shooting him right in the face, and he kept telling me to stop, and what do you do as your brother? Uh, brother, you don't stop. You just keep going, right? You keep going. And so Noah picked up a little aluminum baseball bat. I still remember how that bat looks. He picked up that baseball bat, and I was quick. I was skinny and quick. And so I took off running. But Noah, he threw that baseball bat like that, and it and hit me right there in the back of the head. And I still have a knot to prove it. But I remember why that knot's there. I remember what I was doing to cause him to do that. I'm sure we all have similar memories. We don't forget things like that. Joseph's brothers didn't forget what they had did to him. It didn't just pass them by and they forgot about it. They knew with all, of they, all that they were what they did to Joseph. So they had all the reason to be fearful. They had all the reason to be scared. Proverbs 27.4 says, Wrath is fierce and anger is a flood. But who can stand before jealousy? It was jealousy that led the brothers of Joseph to do what they had done. Wrath is bad, and anger is bad, but when jealousy takes root, it is worse than them both. They were jealous towards their brother. And I'm sure it started off with just a little jealousy. Maybe Joseph got to sit beside their daddy at the table, and they started to be jealous. And it just led to one thing after another, and they were hiding that jealousy in their heart. And then that jealousy came out. 
that jealousy led to them throwing their brother in a pit. That jealousy led to telling their daddy a lie. That jealousy led to selling their brother to, uh, to go be a slave. It was their previous failures that had made them fearful in this moment when their father had died. But I love how Joseph answers them here in our text. If you're in Genesis 50 still, verse 17, it says, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your servants, of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. He wept. He was saddened by what they had asked of him. Joseph in this moment was brought to tears because his brothers were sitting here begging for their lives. Joseph, don't kill us. Joseph, we're sorry. Joseph, daddy said forgive us. Joseph, the God of your father. And Joseph's just crying. And I can imagine he's crying because he's, he, he's just... Like they're like, you haven't got it yet that I've already forgiven you? That I'm not holding it against you? His brothers didn't understand that he had truly forgiven them when they had first came to Egypt. If Joseph wanted to have revenge, as soon as they walked in the door, he could have pointed at him and said, take those guys and execute them. He could have. You know, sometimes we treat people in that way. Somebody wrongs us and, and we have a chance to get back at them. And it's our human nature and our fleshly nature. What are we going to do? We're going to get back at them. But jo that wasn't the heart of Joseph. Joseph, in this moment, when they come before him in uh, chapter 45, verse 5, he says... Um, you now, uh, but now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. These are amongst some of the first conversations that Joseph is having with his brother, or the first conversation that Joseph is having with his brothers once he uh, has revealed himself to his brothers. He tells them right off the bat, you have been, uh, oh sorry, he tells me, do not therefore be grieved don't be saddened, don't, don't grieve your heart or angry with yourself, so don't beat yourself up because you have sold me here. You know, he tells them, don't be mad at yourself. Don't be sorrowful because I am here. Have you ever made a mistake and did something that you knew you shouldn't have done and then someone comes along and instead of getting on to you or punishing you or ridiculing you, they offer you grace. Instead of tearing you down, they build you up. And they, they have that, that, their, that ability to speak into your life in such a way that, uh, that you understand where they're coming from. You understand their heart behind it. Joseph was in this moment where he... He had lived a lot of life without his brothers. He had learned a whole lot about forgiveness, about grace, and about love. I would imagine he sat in Egypt and forgot and, and reminisced about his family. 
He sat in, in Egypt and, and remembered his brothers and his fathers. And most likely worried about them. And, and, uh, and remembered his dreams that he had. But he knew that, knew that one day God would bring them before him. Genesis 45 says, Then Joseph, in verse 1, Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried, Have everyone go out from me. So there was no man with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it. And the household of Pharaoh heard it. So he was just crying uncontrollably. He was weeping. He was, he was uh, you know, being so loud that people outside of wherever he was could know that something was going on. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. I would imagine their, their mouths were wide open. They didn't know what was going on. They might have thought they were on uh, you know, some kind of show where they go in and prank people, but they didn't have those then. You know? They didn't know what was going on. Are we being pranked right now? They were looking for the hidden cameras. They weren't, okay. Uh, they were wondering, you know, what is this? Then Joseph said to his brothers, please come closer to me. It was as if he wanted them to get a better look at him. Please come close to me. And they came closer and he said, I am your brother Joseph, who you, who you sold into Egypt. Now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. And then verse 14, it says, Then he, then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Now to me, when I read this, I don't see any indication that Joseph is mad at his brothers. And yet, when their father dies, they go back to that past failure. They go back to that fear that is within their heart. Notice that Joseph did not delay in showing his brother's forgiveness. It was instantaneous. As soon as he saw his brothers, he started devising a plan to get them to him. What a perfect picture of grace. His brothers didn't deserve what, what Joseph was going to do for them. They had wronged him in every way. But Joseph not only would forgive them, but would bless them more than they could even imagine. They were fearful when their father died because of what they had done in, the, in their past life. But what they could not fully grasp when their father had passed away was this grace that Joseph extended to them. He had already forgiven them. It was a bygone for him, but they were still hung up on it. They weren't living in that forgiveness. They weren't living in that grace that Joseph had showed them. You know, as believers, we too can forget about God's grace. We too can go back and think about those past failures 
And God, uh, you know, through his word tells us that he's cast those as far as the east is from the west. And I think if he were, uh, you know, amongst us, uh, he would say, don't go there. Don't go back there. It's forgiven. It's taken care of. And this was Joseph. That's why he wept. Joseph wept when his brothers came before him. He didn't want them to go back there. He had restored them. He had made them right. There's no reason to live in that fear if you are a child of God. You don't have to worry about God changing his mind on you because he is true and faithful. Joseph could have changed his mind because he's a human. He's imperfect. But God doesn't change his mind. And if you are a a child of God, if you've been born again, bought by the blood, guess what? God is not going to change his mind on you. He's not going to bring up that past failure because it is forgiven. It is taken care of. It is finished. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Joseph had given his brothers a gift And somehow they thought that Joseph was going to take that gift back. Joseph brought their whole family to Egypt. He gave them the best land. He gave them food. He took care of them. And yet somehow when their father died, they had forgotten what all Joseph had did for them. They had forgot the gift that was extended to them. I love how you can look at the Old Testament scriptures and just see Jesus all over it. You can look at the the life of Joseph and just see Jesus. You can see redemption. You can see restoration. You can see Israel. You can see it all. It's all there. You can see grace. And lastly, we will look at the future of the family of Jacob. In Genesis 50, 19. Joseph said to him, do not be afraid, for I... Am in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you, and I love how the scripture says this, and for your little ones, for your children. What a great picture of grace. I'm not mad at you. I'm going to take care of you and you youngins, is what Joseph is saying. Your children are fine. And he comforted them. And so once again, we see the heart of Joseph. You know, he didn't just say, yeah, you're good. Now get out of my presence. He didn't say that. He comforted them. I imagine he was hugging them. They were having a a big family group hug, and they were all weeping because... Of God's grace. Joseph again tells his brothers that they are no longer in danger. God had a purpose for the pain that Joseph went through. Joseph tells him that this is exactly where God wants me to be. Is what he is saying. He said I'm here. This is where God wants me to be. He said it with confidence. He told them in 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 chapter 45, 5 through 8, Now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. 
And if you underline it, you say, For God sent me, that's number one, before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me, number two, before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth. And to keep you alive by great deliverance. Now therefore, it was not you who sent me, but God, number three. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh, which means that he was a very important person to Pharaoh. And lord of all the ho- his household and ruler over many of Egypt. And so three times in those four verses, Joseph says, but God sent me. Don't you worry about it because God sent me here. Don't you worry about it. It was God who placed me here. I am where I am supposed to be. And he says, and to keep you alive by great deliverance. What a powerful statement. God sent Joseph to preserve life. And to preserve what God had promised to Abraham. It was no accident that Joseph was in Egypt. It was no coincidence that those slave traders were going by. It was God's will for Joseph. All the mean stuff and all the the hate and the hurt, that doesn't come from God. But God knew it was going to happen and God prepared it for Joseph. Joseph, through Joseph, life was preserved. Joseph was not only there to preserve his family's life but also that of the promised seed. There was a purpose for the pain for Joseph. Pay attention to what he said in 5019. He said, I, or am I in the place of God? Am I in the place of God? He's asking them a question. He's like, can't you see that I am where I'm supposed to be? Can't you see that God has ordained this? Can't you see that God put me in exactly the places where he wanted me to be so that this could come to be. Joseph then promised to provide for the family of the household of his father. He said, I will provide for you and for your little ones. What a powerful place to be for Joseph. But Joseph, I don't think, considered it as anything. He just considered it as what God had placed him in charge of. He was going to take care of his father's children. God's hand in Joseph's life saved the nation of Israel. They had to get out where they were because there was no food. They were going to starve to death. But Joseph was in Egypt doing good. And it wasn't like God said, oh yeah, Joseph's over in Egypt. God knew it the whole time. God prepared Joseph for it. I would imagine when Joseph was thrown in jail a few times that he would uh, learn some things about his faith. And about the God of his father. And about grace and forgiveness. In verse uh, 45, 7, we see that God sent me before, or in chapter 45, verse 7. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. All of this about Joseph points to Jesus. It's a a shadow. It's a picture of what's to come. The deliverance that we experience as believers. Those who who win against God uh, just by our nature because we are born into sin. 
And then we, we hear the gospel, the gospel message is preached, and we, re, we remember the gospel message in our hearts. We believe it. We say yes to the gospel. We ask for forgiveness from Christ, and we accept this free gift that is extended to us, this free gift that we don't deserve. We then look ahead to the future of what God has before us. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't it. This isn't uh, you know, our eternal home. We're just passing through. Just as Joseph knew that he was passing through. Just as Jacob knew that he was just passing through. Just as all the ones that have gone before them and all the ones that have gone after them knew that they were passing through. But the message is still the same. Believe and you shall be saved. Come before Jesus. And ask for forgiveness and he will forgive you. And you don't have to look back at the past. You don't have to look back at all the mistakes you made. Because Jesus covered that on the cross. If you need to make a decision tonight. Maybe you need to just remember what God's done for you.